Next on Making Sense of the Madness, the Cates brothers will help us understand how the deep state control over elections and big tech are being de- deconstructed in real time. We're going to question the mainstream narrative and expose media propaganda right now. Well, Dr. Kirk Elliott is a PhD economist and the founder of Kirk Elliott Private Advisors. Kirk, thanks so much for joining us. Just curious about the FTX issues. You know, it just seems like every day we find out a new crypto fund or lending program is going bust. And I just wonder, when is this going to end? Is it already over? Or do we have more of the bloodbath yet to see? When when you look at what happened with FTX, right, it's... Uh, it, it, the, the company, it's an exchange, right? But And they offered a, a token, FTT was the token. But how do people fund into the, into the exchange? They didn't take wires. So wires were sent to Alameda Research. Alameda Research is one of like 100 companies in the swamp of everything that, that Sam <laughs> owned, right? Um, and so $8 billion over the last three years went into Alameda Research. How much of that went to FTX? Zero, right? So they had a they had a capitalization issue, and then when when Binance decided we want it, we want to cash in some of our FTT tokens, and there wasn't any there, it created a run on the exchange. And I've never seen anything quite like it, right? You you saw a guy who was worth sixteen billion seventy two hours later, he was worth nothing. It's like oh my word. So, so I think what this is going to bring to the table, Sean, is, is trust issues with cryptocurrency and exchanges across the board, right? Probably a whole host of new regulations coming our way when people who, are, who invest in the crypto world don't like the regulations, right? It's why they want the privacy of decentralized blockchain. I think those days are probably numbered. Right. Yeah. I mean, it is funny that uh, Sam Bankman-Fried's father is somewhat connected to the people who want to regulate the crypto industry. So some people are thinking, hey, maybe this whole thing was on purpose. Uh, But nevertheless, uh, not only retail investors losing trust in crypto, but institutional. Where do you think all those billions of dollars are going to go now that institutional is too scared to dip their toes into crypto again? Well, for for a time being, I think it just goes sits in cash because people are going to be so afraid they don't know what to do. But I think there's going to be a flight for quality, right? People are flocking into precious metals, gold and silver, something that's tangible into real estate. Because you know what? You saw billions of dollars evaporate in a weekend, just gone. When was the last time something that was a physical asset went to zero? Well, never is the answer, right? So so people, even though you're you're seeing a decline in real estate, I think people are going to feel safer there because they know it's not going to go to zero. Wise people are going into gold and silver because silver is up 23% in the last seven weeks. I mean, this fight for quality, the inflationary pressures, the things facing the global economy are propelling safe haven assets like gold and silver to the roof. Well, you've been in this game for a while now. Do you notice a difference in the media coverage of Enron and Bernie Madoff and Sam Bankman-Fried? Yeah. I mean, uh, Madoff was all the news, right? Um, Enron was all the news. This one 
it's different. It's almost like there's a media blackout. I mean, not very many people are talking about it. I mean, you, you hit certain news cycles and it's on here and there, right? But but really, it's it's like what what gives? But I think when you look at the tentacles that come out from FTX and where the funds were going, what they were funding, who was investing into it, what they did with the funds, um, that I, I don't think that people really want some of that exposed from what, what's starting to be surfaced here. But but here's the thing. With central bank digital currencies, uh, you know, 90% of the central banks wanting that, you don't, they certainly um, want people to lose faith in a decentralized cryptocurrency, right? So people say, oh, decentralized cryptocurrency, it can't be trusted. Look, it just went belly up. How about central bank digital currency, centralized digital currency, right? Maybe that's going to be safer. Maybe that's where we should put our trust. So I think you're going to start to see massaging of this messaging moving forward to try to instill confidence in cryptocurrency and digital currencies, but at the central bank level. But people have to realize centralized digital currency is not private. It's the opposite of private when all that data is centralized and it's all about people control, not about personal financial freedom and privacy like decentralized crypto can be. Good point. And it, it reminds me that Enron was regulated and Bernie Madoff was regulated, but it didn't stop them. Uh, it seems people at the SEC were asleep at the wheel for all three of these scandals here. Well, we've got winter coming for Europe. Any comments on how that could affect things financially in the energy markets and so forth? Well, I, I think what you're going to see is is social unrest. And social unrest always comes with, with financial mayhem, right? Because You've got multiple factors played out here. You've got foodflation and people are hungry. Um, UK in particular is is considering rolling brownouts of energy during the winter. You, Sean, Europe is not warm during the winter, right? I mean, you're going to see people getting cold and, and they're going to wonder, what, what are we going to do? Our family, we don't want them to freeze, but man, our family needs to eat too. And prices are just going through the roof. Now you've got a global bond market collapse as, as governments are starting to print their way out of things and, and try to figure out how to navigate through this with all these rising costs, right? It's like that there, there seems to be no hope, right? And people are losing confidence in the financial system, whether it's their own personal finances or the government's, right? And and when you start to see that loss of confidence, people will stop investing. And I, and I believe that, that what you're going to see is just more freefalls like we're seeing in the global bond markets, absolute and freefall right now. It reminds me of the, the new UK prime minister, Liz Truss. She said that she was going to guarantee, you know, put a cap on all these energy prices skyrocketing for citizens. The government would pay the tab. Well, she was out of there within a couple of days of that statement. And we've got a new new boss in there now. And people are losing confidence, not in not only in the financial markets, but in the government themselves. So I guess people are going to have to figure it out themselves, how to protect themselves from these types of things. Thank you, Kirk, for giving us your insight today. Really appreciate it. Next up, Ryan and Dwayne Cates are both Substack writers and journalists for the new decentralized media. We're going to dig into the Twitter takeover and so much more as soon as we get back. Government-induced inflation, taxes, rising interest rates, political instability. All of these can have a crushing effect on our investments, often causing the stock market to go down. 
but they can also cause gold and silver to go up. Hi, this is Dr. Kirk Elliott. Buy gold, buy silver, buy now, but buyer beware. Precious metals companies are not created equal. As a PhD economist, I have been in the financial, economic, and precious metals business for three decades. The philosophy of my firm is people over profit. I encourage you to read my bio to learn more about me at kirkelliotphd.com. Now is the time to own physical metals in an IRA, 401k, and outside of a retirement plan. Don't let the government destroy your hard-earned assets any longer. Call 720-605-3900 or visit KirkElliottPhD.com. Uh, Brian and Dwayne Cates are both Substack writers and journalists for the new decentralized media. Great to have you both back on the program. I want to get an update from both of you. We can start with Dwayne. What are you up to? Uh, are you on Twitter? Uh, have you been deplatformed? And did you create a backup account? And what are you active on Truth Social? Tell me what you're go- what you're doing on social media. I'm on Truth Social at Dwayne Cates. Uh, I have a an account. It's a new account on Twitter. It is also at Dwayne Cates. Uh, common spelling. Um, that 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 account. Uh, I, I had a previous account which had sixty thousand followers on Twitter. That was where I was actually. I, I guess started growing my digital footprint uh, that and on YouTube. Unfortunately, I got pretty much YouTube became untenable. Uh, they kept striking me uh, for my opinion. And then uh, Twitter, uh, I think in, in uh, uh, either late December, early January of 2020, I got the boot. Um, at this point, I am on true social uh, and I, I am back on Twitter under at Dwayne Cates. Now, Technically, I'm, I'm a permanent ban. So uh, the fact that I'm stating that I'm back on Twitter, my brother's back on Twitter, too. He had a, a, a following of 800,000 on Twitter. Technically, we could both be banned tomorrow because we are technically evading their terms of service. But then again, it's never been explained to me exactly what terms of service I violated or my brother to get banned off of Twitter. Uh, so at, at this well, point, that's, that's my <laughs> right. I was just going to say, that's why we need to follow you on truth social. We can't trust Twitter. At least things are moving in the right direction. Brian, any update from you on your social media activity? Well, um, I've been on Twitter again since April. Uh, when I got the news that uh, Elon Musk was serious about this takeover of the platform, I went ahead and made a new account. But I, I kept a low profile until Elon was firmly in control. Uh, as my brother mentioned, I did have a, a main account uh, that I, I had on Twitter from about 20, 2012 to um December of 2020, I had grown the following to about 860,000 followers. But because I insisted on talking about the Hunter Biden laptop and I insisted on calling out the stolen election of 2020, I ended up being permanently banned from Twitter in December of 2020. And uh, but I am back on the platform. Um, and I have a following of about 27,000 right now. And, and I, I'm very hopeful uh, of what Elon has accomplished um, uh, since he took ownership just in just two weeks. It's, it's, it's amazing 
what he's done there. He's fired, I believe it's two-thirds of the staff. He fired the entire Twitter board. And uh, just the other day, uh, and this is this is an amazing point that shows you how serious he is about changing the culture there at this company. Um, just the other day, it came out that uh, he has ended the open tw- uh, publication of hashtags that were being used by yeah. perverts to, uh, right. to find each other. Yes, child pornography. And people right. have been the, the first image that we have years. for the screen is uh, the fact that uh, Yul Roth, as soon as he's out of there, uh, Wyatt from, um, from Truth Social pointed out that child pornography permitted on Twitter for years under his watch, but stamped out within 48 hours after Yul Roth left. And the second image we have is the fact that Elon Musk is making it public knowledge that it is priority number one to get rid of this child porn uh, issue on Twitter. <laughs> so that is an interesting turn of events. And I believe uh, that I mean, you've said just, before, this is for- like buying a crime scene. People were complaining about this for years, and I, I, I watched some of these news reports about this, and uh, that's exactly the kind of question uh, that the, the old Twitter staff needed to be asked, the one that Yoel Roth was being after. Why was it that for years people would complain about child pornography and other vile forms of uh, sexual exploitation? Why is this being openly allowed on Twitter? Uh, with these hashtags, and that's only what you could see, okay? I'm sure there was all kinds of crap going on uh, in the direct messages and behind the scenes and the private chats. Uh, and yet, for years, the answer the, the answer given by the Twitter staff is, oh, it's complicated, we can't really do anything about this, I'm sorry, you're just going to have to get used to it. And then Elon Musk comes in, and uh, in just the last three days, and this is this is when he's working with a skeleton crew there, because remember he's fired about two thirds of the of the Twitter staff. They managed to uh, eradicate all of this child porn uh, has hashtagging and, and the tra- the traffic that was going on, and they got rid of it. And so, why is it that for years people would complain about this, and Noah Ross and the Twitter staff weren't able to do anything about it, but then? Elon Musk gets in charge, and by some arcane act of sorcery, they're able to suddenly uh, can't stop all of this vile behavior on the platform in just two or three days. Well, Brian, you've said on Truth Social in a post that I read that uh, Elon Musk has the option now to submit his findings to law enforcement. And we're wondering, well, he probably can't give that info to the FBI because they're compromised, but maybe there's other law enforcement that he trusts or can can figure out who to give it to. Uh, it looks like you want to say something about this. Dwayne, go ahead. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, ever since the very first ginormous raid by uh, the federal agencies uh, in, uh, under Trump's uh, watch, I believe was 11 or 12 days into Trump's presidency was launched by Project Safe Childhood. And I believe the okay, you have to understand Twitter headquarters is a crime scene. I I absolutely firmly state that when you see Elon Musk walking through the doors with the sink, the moment you saw that understand Elon had 
to protect himself because because possession of child pornography for any reason they don't care why you're possessing it is is a felony so the moment he walked through that door with that sink he already had an understanding with federal agencies i don't even for one second think otherwise and i'm i'm saying uh well, let's see from five years of watching uh, how Opera, uh, Project Safe Childhood uh, acts under Trump, and they had some major busts, some major uh, uh, capture and crushing of child uh, trafficking and pedophile networks under Trump's watch. I'm going to say in about 90 days from the day Elon walked through that door, start searching for former Twitter staff arrested by Project Safe Childhood and look at the charges. That's a prediction. That's that's an interesting prediction. We'll keep an eye out on that. But one indicator I've noticed is the idea that in the middle of the night, uh, Twitter headquarters locks down. No one can enter the building with their their security badge. This is not normal in nope. any hostile takeover environment. This is an indication that there were security concerns. And so very interesting how that's playing out. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to dig more into this Twitter story. Inflation is out of control. The price of gasoline has doubled in a very short time and interest rates are set to rise. How do you protect and grow your portfolio to make sure that you do not outlive your assets? Invest in annuities that have rate lock. Rate lock is an innovative new feature that allows you to lock in your rate of return at any time during the year to lock in these volatile upswings of the market. And unlike CDs and money market accounts, they accumulate tax-deferred and can participate in the upside of market indexes. And they're probate-free, and they can provide an income that you can't outlive. With all the different companies, features, indexes, and benefits which annuities offer, it can be confusing to choose which annuity is best for your unique situation. Let a company you can trust help you select a rate-lock annuity that's right for you. Add an annuity to your retirement portfolio and start enjoying the many benefits that smart investors love. Call the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. That's the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. The Cleveland Insurance Group, 844-USA-2024. Well, we're talking to the Cates brothers about the Twitter takeover. And Brian, you had an epic post on Truth Social about the fact that Elon Musk has 117 million followers. Donald Trump has 87 million. And uh, Kanye West, who's recently reinstated, has 32 million followers. You said, you do the math. Anything these three take viral together in coordination is absolutely unstoppable. Basically saying that, you know, <laughs> the deep state uh, media machine can't stop their messaging. Maybe you can elaborate on that, Brian. What kind of things might they want to uh, message out there that well, would be censored otherwise? Okay, when you, when you look at what Twitter was being used for, uh, especially in the last two years before Elon Musk took it over, it was being used for uh, national narrative control. Uh, if you look at what what type of uh, conversations were severely uh, censored and uh, limited in the last two years, you couldn't discuss uh, Hunter Biden's laptop, for instance. 
you couldn't discuss the uh, the, uh, the true origins of the COVID virus. You, you weren't allowed to discuss uh, early COVID treatments or uh, uh, things that effectively treated COVID, like uh, ivermectin or HCQ. They, they, there was a, a very tight censorship control under, and uh, in just two weeks, um, Elon has completely removed all of that. And... Um, Allow a large part of the deep state's control of the national public square was that they they would suppress certain viewpoints, uh, certain certain truths that people wanted to talk about on that platform. They would suppress that, and they would highly raise the visibility of other false narratives that they wanted people to accept. Okay, and that's gaslighting. That's that's what gaslighting is. You gaslight people, and you know you did, you did not see what you thought you saw there. That wasn't true. And they have all these media organizations trying to gaslight you into believing a lie. Okay, but uh, I just had an example of this last night on uh, on Twitter. We have Elon Musk, the guy who owns the platform with 117 million followers. Uh, Fact-checking the Wall Street Journal, which came out with some puff piece about Sam Bateman pride, saying all of the users lost their faith in the man. And then Elon Musk directly replied to that by saying, no, that's not why it collapsed. So you have Elon Musk fact-checking the mainstream media. Okay, and so when you have... And he has a lot more... You have uh, have Trump... Yeah, he has a lot more reach than CBS. And you have all three of them. Uh, fact checking the gaslighting. Okay, it's going to be very, very much harder for the uh, for the mainstream media to gaslight the American public when you have three very highly visible uh, accounts on Twitter who I who will be calling these lies out together. And this is right. happening. Um, you know that uh, Trump is running for president again, and I know he says. He's not going back to Twitter. He has no plans to go back to Twitter. But uh, Trump Trump is an amazing salesman. He's got to go where the people are that he can make this sell to. And if he's running in 2024, he he can't stay off a platform where he, he has a, a, an account with over 80 million followers. Okay, so right, uh, he'll he'll probably go on Twitter just to tell everyone how boring it is on Twitter. They need to go over to Truth Social, but it's so amazing that uh, Elon Musk has a higher reach than the Wall Street Journal. It used to be the Wall Street Journal was the preeminent financial newspaper in the world, and now because of the past few years of propaganda, all of this mainstream media have lost all credibility. And those three people you mentioned, Kanye West, Donald Trump, and Elon Musk are three people who have been on the right side of the big stories the last few years, and people trust them a lot more. And so I, putting their powers together should be epic if it does happen. And, you know, things have kind of seen over the years as, as if these, these three characters have been somewhat in loose coordination uh, on these big issues. Well, next I want to talk to you about CBS. Well, they, they acted like they were going to not use Twitter for a couple of days while they saw how things work out. And then they're like, okay, it looks like everything's fine. We're going to come back to Twitter. Nobody missed them for the couple of days that they were gone. And now they're finally admitting what everyone knew, the laptop of Hunter Biden and the contents are real and not Russian disinformation. The only 
reason CBS News is making this admission now is to get out ahead of something. <laughs> they have to prepare to shield the Biden family from the fallout. So two years of no idea if that laptop is real is replaced by, okay, the laptop is Hunter's, but, and insert the BS here. That's a direct quote from, I believe, Brian on Truth Social. So um, Brian, I want to give you a chance to respond to your post, and then we'll get Dwayne's input. Well, the, I believe the only reason CBS News is finally coming out, you know, 900 days or whatever it is since the, um, since the, the laptop story was broken by the New York Post, and the New York Post was almost instantly banned on Twitter for breaking that story, if you'll remember. Okay, here we are two years later, and finally CBS News comes out and says, okay, we've finally spoken to someone who was verified that this laptop is real. Okay. <laughs> and I'll tell you, the only reason that CBS News is making this admission now is that they're trying to get out ahead of something. They know something's coming. I mean, it's not exactly a, a secret. They uh, he had the... Uh, some very good work done by Marco Polo when they gave uh, a copy of the Hunter Biden report to every single member of the United States Congress. And now uh, the Republicans are going to be taking control of the House in January when the Congress is sworn in in early January. And they, are, they have announced that they fully intend to launch investigations into the Biden family, or what, or what I refer to as the Biden crime family. Okay, so it's like CBS News must have gotten tipped off. They must know something is coming. They've had two years to make this admission, so I can only think of one reason why they would make it now, that they're trying to get out ahead of something so they can try to defend or spin uh, the the coming uh, developments uh, to try to defend the, the, uh, the Biden family. They're going to go on from, okay, we have no idea if this laptop is real, to... Okay, yeah, the, the laptop is real, but it, this doesn't mean what you think it does. Okay, so they are forced into making that admission because they're getting ready to try some defensive spinning maneuvers on behalf of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and uh, Joe Biden's brother, Jim Biden, who's also going to figure heavily into these forthcoming revelations. Uh, one thing that made the news recently was the fact that I believe it was over 150 um SARS reports being made on uh, Hunter and Jim Biden. A SARS report is a suspicious activity report that's made by a financial institution when they believe that they, they see something that they that they think is illegal financial activity, like money laundering. Okay, and 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 the span of about fifteen years between the two of them, Hunter Biden and Jim Biden had one hundred fifty SARS reports, and uh, I, I believe Congress now has these records, uh, and you're going to see some developments from that about the money laundering, the massive amount of money laundering the Biden family's been engaged in over the past fifteen years. Thank you, Brian. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to both Dwayne and Brian about the Missouri versus Biden case and all the details as soon as we get back. Hydrogen is used by health professionals as a powerful antioxidant and the number one tool to fight inflammation. Studies show therapeutic potential in cancer, diabetes, digestive and heart issues, and essentially every organ and system in the body. This is not medical advice because I'm not your doctor, but if you have any health concerns, I strongly recommend that you learn more about hydrogen. 
Get educated at holyhydrogen.com and order the best hydrogen generator known to man. Because hydrogen is the smallest molecule in existence, it can pass through the cell membrane and even the blood-brain barrier to clear out inflammation and free radical damage where other antioxidants just can't get to. Visit holyhydrogen.com to see the latest technology that elevates your immune system and fights inflammation. Search their research library to see if hydrogen has a track record for helping a health concern you're dealing with. Make sure to use your special American Media Periscope code AMP for $100 off your order. HolyHydrogen.com We're talking to the Cates brothers about the Biden crime family. Dwayne, have you been following the Missouri versus Biden case where Jen Psaki is doing everything she possibly can to avoid testifying? I saw a couple of tweets actually by Psaki and, and her partisans, I guess her defenders. But to be perfectly honest, I haven't followed it that closely. I've been more into the Connick and I've been digging into Runbeck now. So that's that's a bit more where, where my focus is at, at the moment. But I have seen that she appears to be uh, upset about something uh, kind of along with uh, some recent video I've seen of Mark Elias, who seems to be literally losing his mind over what's going on in Arizona. Yeah, I wonder why these deep state assets would be uh, <laughs> freaking out right now. Well, tell us about your, your research into Runbeck. Okay, uh, now this is a premise. Uh, I just recently took a pretty significant hit. I, I on my th- uh, Thunderdome substack, stated with full confidence that Trump would never uh, uh, declare or announce a 2024 run, and I was completely wrong about that, so... That kind of has deflated my my large pants a little bit, uh, but but at this point it seems to me that Connick that this involves uh, the Democrats' cheating machine. Their cheating machine machine consists of Connick, their servers, the PII, and the ballot process info that is on that server in Wuhan. That's Connick. Uh, that's the the information. The endless printing company appears to be Runback. So if you've been wondering why our elections are looking so odd in the past, say, 15 years, let's say, the reason would be uh, they have implemented a massive cheating machine. This is why Joe Biden was sitting there at one point and said, we have the greatest vote voter fraud organization in, in American history. They were telling him that to calm him down because the polls were beginning to worry him. And then, of course, Joe, who has no filter on his mouth, decided to say that publicly. Uh, but it's true. They have a and it's not really vote fraud. It's election fraud. Uh, so uh, the info, the conduit for the information, both the PII, the personal identifying information and the ballot process info, which makes the ballots, quote unquote, legal, is on the server in Wuhan. Runbeck is the literal printing, the endless printing company and the shipper or the people that move and transport uh, thousands and thousands of ballots. We're seeing this unfold right now. We just saw it unfold and are seeing it continuing to unfold in Maricopa County, Arizona. So info plus uh, printing ability, that's Runbeck, plus uh, corrupt election officials who are determined that they are going to keep their ability to pick the right candidates to win races in this country. 
which is a complete refutation of our Constitution and the right of every American to have their vote counted. And in the case of Arizona, the people who stole the last election are running for election this time, and they'll do anything to make sure that they don't get held accountable for their past crimes. Uh, but, you know, Carrie Lake made an announcement today that they've got some whistleblowers that are going to be coming forward soon. So uh, we we have counties who are delaying certification. This is a different uh, time, this time around, that the election's stolen. I agree. Uh, we're not going to rush to certification. Brian, can you speak on that? Well, then they got away with it in 2020 because um, patriots were not organized. They were not ready to, to challenge the election results. And so when the secretaries of state like Katie Hobbs in Arizona and Jocelyn Benson in uh, Michigan, they rushed those uh, uh, rigged elections straight to certification, uh, the patriots were not able to make their challenges until after those elections that are already been certified. And uh, when one reason this is going differently now is that uh, we've had we had two years to get ready for this to watch how they steal these elections. And this time, the challenges are being made before they can certify the election. Mark Elias was actually openly threatening uh, one of these counties in Arizona on yep. Twitter last night. He was saying if the, the county officials delayed this certification, he would sue them, you know, because Mark Elias knows it's much, much harder to to uh, to challenge an election after it's certified. Um, even if you prove that there was cheating, if that election's already been certified, it's almost impossible to overturn it, uh, to get it annulled. And so that's why here, you know, there was kind of a, a weird sight last night, Mark Elias openly threatening these people, but that's because he knows how effective it's going to be. If, when these challenges are made and the fraud is proven before the election is certified, uh, I believe we're probably going to see some uh, new elections in some of these states because they're not going to make it to certification. Well, that's how I hope it turns out. And that's what Donald Trump said. We need a re-election there. Uh, Dwayne, you know, a lot of people got flushed out in the open in the last two weeks by publicly ditching Trump for DeSantis. Uh, can you comment on this whole political theater? Uh, certainly. Uh, so <clears throat> my impression is on the left, they are engaged in what I call a demoralization campaign in that they are calling all the races early for uh, the Democrats, especially in, in uh, uh, Arizona, where they called all the races early for uh, against Trump's endorsed candidates for the Democrats. That, that's demoralization. So that's a demoralization operation. On the right, we had all of these uh, rhinos like Paul Ryan and others suddenly appear out of nowhere. Uh, Trump starts the ball rolling by disparaging DeSantis, calling him the sanctimonious. It's just a word. Aren't we adults? Okay, this immediately causes the rhinos and all of the, the people that were riding Trump's coattails to suddenly pounce and start trying to throw Trump overboard and say, well, Trump's over, he's finished, he's the past. We need to focus on DeSantis. This is what's called a division operation. And for people that think it came out of nowhere, just understand, Trump opened the door and allowed these people to go stampeding through to out themselves. Uh, DeSantis kept quiet. I, I hear he's had millions, millions of uncommitted dollars thrown at him by rhinos who were desperate to try to get him 
to challenge Trump. This and, and all Trump, all, all DeSantis has to do is remain mum while they throw money at him, and Trump does all the work attacking uh, DeSantis, which is basically just a yeah. You, you you can couch it as an ego-based slap fight, but it's only one-sided. Trump and DeSantis, and mark my words, are going to make up after all this is over because it was nothing but an exposure operation. You have demoralization on the left. You have division on the right. And there's Trump right on the center line with an exposure operation. And his operation worked brilliantly. We're not demoralized and we're not divided because we're not stupid. That's a good point. This this operation uh, was not very successful. In fact, it just gave us information that we need. Brian, were you taking notes and taking names? Who who was exposed? Yes, I was. Um, this was obviously a division operation. You know, they're trying to take Trump out like three days after he announces he's running for president again in twenty twenty four. The Attorney General Garland comes out and appoints a new special counsel to investigate Trump-related matters. And so, and it's obvious, you know, the whole January 6th commission thing is that they're trying to derail a new Trump campaign. Okay, and so if uh, there are the usual forces out there are watching this, they're desperate to prevent Donald Trump from ever returning to the White House. So they're trying to kill two birds with one stomp, they can they can get Trump either indicted or arrested or they they, they can they can take him off they can take him out of the picture for twenty twenty four. But they can also get most of uh, Trump's base to turn on and and not seriously consider Ron DeSantis as a replacement. Okay, if you can't have Trump and you can't have DeSantis, okay, then MAGA is in a really weak position for 2024, and that's exactly what they want. They want uh, Trump taken off the table, and they want everybody to turn on Ron DeSantis. And it doesn't look like it worked. It doesn't, uh, as my brother was saying, it looked like all that happened here is they flushed a lot of the conservative incorporated people out into the open, showing that they're not really Trump supporters and that they'll turn on him, uh, given the first opportunity. Well, speaking of people riding on Trump's coattails and trying to make, uh, <laughs> trying to turn on him now, I wanted to talk about Mike Pence uh, because he recently did a an interview on CNN, and it was it seemed so scripted and melodramatic. Him talking about uh, January sixth and so forth, and you know, I just I'm not buying it. I'm not buying that uh, Mike Pence is uh, is the rhino that he's making himself appear to be. Uh, but I wanted to get you guys' perspective on this uh, Mike Pence issue of him possibly running in twenty for twenty twenty four presidency. Uh, what that would mean? Could that possibly do the same thing uh, that the DeSantis spat did, which basically just draw out the enemy and bait them? Uh, Dwayne, you can answer first. Okay, uh, my impression is uh, Pence is playing a role, and has been playing a role since January the sixth. Uh, I'm waiting for more information. Obviously, we all know that January sixth is a very strange uh, creature that day you have the left with a a a complete narrative which i consider is just absolutely astroturfed which i think uh, j6 actually was astroturfed uh 
on, on one end, which defies all reality. And then you have our side, which is demanding, you know, those guys that are still held, the J6 prisoners, could you go ahead and like adjudicate that or whatever you're going to do? Because uh, this is, I mean, literally banana republic type stuff that's going on with those people, and they must not be forgotten. Uh, but my impression is Pence is playing a role. And if as long as there there is merit or the, something is to be gained by him uh, challenging Trump to uh, run for 2024, they'll 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 play it out. But my impression is uh, there is a tacit understanding between Trump and Pence. Uh, and if you go look at Trump's restored Twitter account, uh, you might be surprised looking down that list of all the people that are still followed by Trump. Now, has he had an opportunity to go in and edit his, his followers, uh, the people he's following? There are actually quite a few people he's following, including Mike Pence, uh, Bill Barr, and other people. So my impression is there's a lot going on. And once you have an understanding of what's at stake and, and how political considerations are driving just about everything you're seeing on this landscape. And remember, one half of our political equation in this country, ostensibly the Democrats, they're actually been co-opted by globalists, uh, is is not no longer living or dwelling in the real world, which is why political considerations, which are incredibly stupid and harmful, are still part of what's going on with what uh, a good friend of mine uh, calls kayfabe, which is fake fights to set the stage. Well, certainly Trump has nothing to lose by doing a fake spat with Pence because Pence doesn't have any organic support to <laughs> to beat him out as president. So uh, it can only help Trump uh, to have Pence against him. Uh, Brian, I want to get your input about Pence. And, and Dwayne brought up the name Bill Barr. There's another one who's thrown Trump under the bus recently in, in something that also seems to me like political theater. Mm. wanted to get your input on that. Well, I don't know if anybody noticed this, but from the very beginning, uh, when Mike Pence was uh, endorsing candidates during the primary season this year, uh, his endorsement was practically the kiss of death, okay? Because as soon as uh, Mike Pence publicly announced he was endorsing a candidate, always in direct opposition to Donald Trump's announced candidate in that race, uh, the person that Pence was endorsing always had their uh, percentage of support in the polls drop dramatically. So by the time the primary season was almost over, uh, like in June and July, we still had people uh, seeking out Mike Pence for his endorsement. I even made a meme about this. So Mike Pence saying, sure, I'll give you my endorsement, you freaking idiot. I mean, at that point, the, the play was already obvious. Nobody, nearly nobody that Mike Pence endorsed won their primary race. And, it, it was, and, the, and the people were still lining up and coming to him. I guess to get the rhino money, to get the, the endorsement money from the big rhino donors, they had to accept the kiss of death from uh, Mike Pence. So I, I I believe the same thing that you that you two guys believe. Mike Pence is playing a role. Uh, 
this Ron DeSantis has been playing a role, letting Trump uh, set him up as, as, as his possible uh, uh, opposition for the GOP nomination in 2024. And all Ron has to do is stay silent and let all the all the rhinos expose themselves. And uh, Bill Barr has also uh, played a role in this case fight, in this uh, this fake fight, this slap fight that, that have been going on. Because uh, Barr comes out and says something, and um, he, like he sounds like he's throwing Trump under the bus, and everybody just instantly buys into it. Well, thank you for your insight, Brian. It does seem that there's a lot more to it than the uh, than first appearances. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Ukraine. We're sending more money to Ukraine, and yet people are they really waking up from the FTX scandal? to the money laundering. We're going to talk more about that as soon as we get back. The iSat Phone 2 is the latest generation satellite phone designed for the most reliable commercial satellite communications network in the world. The iSat Phone 2 from Inmarsat is ready, reliable, and robust iSat Phone 2 has fast network registration and unrivaled battery life with up to 160 hours of standby time. iSat Phone 2 operates over global geostationary satellites with 99% network availability and reliable call stability and network connection. Engineered to withstand the most extreme conditions, the iSat Phone 2 is dust, splash and shock resistant. The iSat Phone 2 has built-in tracking and assistance buttons and gives notifications even when the antenna is stowed. And with the easy-to-use interface and high-visibility display, the iSat Phone 2 is ready to go. Find out more at InMarsat.com. Spreading lies before God's eyes, you've called yourselves the New World Order. Well, time is not your friend. For you, it is the end. And a secret voice calls out across the wind, America forever shall be free. We're talking to the Cates brothers about the Ukraine money laundering operation that's still underway. Our government just keeps on sending billions of dollars over there. When is it going to stop? When are the people going to wake up? Uh, Dwayne, you can weigh in here on uh, where we're at in this wake up campaign. Okay. Uh, notwithstanding what is apparently some really odd missile uh, that landed in Poland uh, just about four to six hours before Trump's Jan uh, November 15th announcement. Uh, whatever that announcement, I mean, some people say that he was going to announce something else, which is why they decided to launch that missile, uh, which was turns out to be Ukrainian. Uh, that, that shows me, uh, and I, I keep saying this, these people are trying to start World War III. And oddly enough, that night, November 15th, apparently, 
uh, it got shut down, debunked by the world within a matter of hours. And and now, uh, even though Zelensky is still saying it was it was a Russia, the Russians are responsible. It's a Russian missile. It's clearly been debunked as some sort of ridiculous uh, stunt that could have gotten millions of people around the world killed. Uh, setting that aside for just a moment, uh, the FTX scandal is growing. So apparently, the reason our our masters in D.C. our would be masters in D.C are sending billions of more of our tax dollars, that's your and my money, to Ukraine is because apparently there are more shell companies in Ukraine for them to launder money through. That's my answer. Yeah, in other words, uh, just because FTX went belly up doesn't mean they don't have some kind of replacement plan. Uh, and they know the money's going to come cycling back to them eventually. That's how it works. And that's how the Clinton Foundation worked. I mean, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's the way the game is played. Uh, Brian, can you weigh in? Okay. So the whole thing about this FTX uh, thing, if you take, you take the 40,000 foot view, okay. You're expected to believe that a bunch of kids right out of college uh, got together and created this company, and then somehow in a short span of just three years, they accumulated a fortune of, of hundreds of billions of dollars. I think Sam Bateman fried himself with, with something that I believe the report I saw, he was worth something like $32 billion. And he did all this in three years, okay? And I'm sorry, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying any of this. Um, I made a comment on my uh, True Social uh, page. Um, you have a real uh, young wonder can like Elon Musk who comes up with an idea for PayPal and uh, multiple ideas and that he ends up selling for billions of dollars. That's a real wonder can. That's a real a genius. Okay, there's nothing about Sam Bankman Fry when you when you when you dig into him that suggests any kind of genius at all. As a matter of fact, this guy probably admits he doesn't even read books, and yet you're supposed to believe that he somehow engineered this uh, vast fortune for himself and then lost it all in, in, in a matter of days. And uh, the whole thing just looks suspicious. The more you dig into this, a bunch of kids living in a penthouse in the Bahamas who are having orgies and taking drugs, and uh, you're, you're expected to believe that they they somehow uh, hit the lottery or something, and all this money passes through the company, and now they can't account for uh, a large chunks of it. They have no idea where the money went. And then you find out about the Ukrainian government connection, that they had set up a partnership with the government of Ukraine. And so here, here is our U.S. Congress with President Joe Biden and sent them something like $60 billion to that country in the last uh, year. And then uh, the Ukraine government and their partnership with FTX is taking hundreds of millions of that, of that money and funneling it back to U.S. politicians in Washington, D.C. And it's obviously money laundering. And uh, I'm convinced that... Uh, FTX was far from the only company that they were using to do this money laundering. And so uh, 
you know. It sounds cynical, but I've known for years that foreign aid, much of the foreign aid that the United States sends overseas, nobody audits any of that money. Nobody's never You're really right. accounting for where it goes or what happens to it. Yeah, look at Afghanistan over the years, all the trillions of dollars spent, and then we leave $85 billion worth of equipment. That seems like a, a form of money laundering. Uh, but Dwayne, maybe you can weigh in here on how the media has treated Sam Bankman-Fried. It seems like uh, they just take the gloves off every time they talk about his name and his reputation. I mean, this is different from Bernie Madoff and Enron, where the media was all over it and vilifying him. No, this time it's like the, the poor, poor college kid who has to deal with all of this. And they don't use words like crime and prison and I mean, what is with this kind of media coverage of this story? It's a curious kind of uncuriosity. Curiously, they're uncurious. Um, I've said this recently. When you look at pictures of Sam Bankman-Fried, he looks like an undeveloped human being. He looks like a permanent adolescent, which is what he is. Um, this is not a person who's ever felt the fires of adversity and had to struggle. Look at him carefully. And you realize that this is a person. I said this before. Um, what you're learning with Joe Biden, Fetterman in Pennsylvania, the new senator from Pennsylvania, and Stan Bankman-Fried is that the, the the Democrats, the globalists, the transnational criminal organization, however you want to refer to them, is comfortable with now is running uh, personalities, not people. They're selling you brands, not beings. Sam Bankman-Fried is a name and a face of a amorphous organization we're now learning was basically a money, money laundering shell company. Okay, he wasn't running the show. Don't, don't, you know, don't even kid yourself, folks. He was not running FTX. He was the name and he was the face, just like Mark Zuckerberg is the name and the face for Facebook or Meta or whatever they're calling it this week. Uh, Joe Biden is the name and the face of the people that are running our country right now uh, uh, from the White House. OK, they run a personality and then they actually handle that personality behind the scenes. This is what's happening. This, and, and believe me, uh, that for whatever billion we're, we're going to be sending Ukraine now is going to be laundered back to this country, a large portion of it kicked back uh, through other shell companies that have yet to be exposed. But I can tell you that as FTX collapses, you're going to see the fallout from this uh, affecting a, a whole lot more. We're only at, at, at the beginning of whatever this debacle is going to become. Well, what you're both hitting on right now is the idea of a cover story, that there's uh, something deeper going on and people may be playing a role. And it's interesting, you talk about the brand of Mark Zuckerberg and the brand of Sam Bankman-Fried, the idea that these are just young geniuses who wear leisure clothing and sneakers and T-shirts. And it's just, it's, I think there's something appealing about that saga of the person, the regular person who strikes it rich or something like that. Uh, when, you know, we've, we know that uh, the military industrial complex and DARPA and all of these types of uh, deep state funds are behind things like LifeLog, a.k.a. Uh, Facebook. And yeah. so, yeah, people are wondering what's going on with FTX in the Bahamas there where they had the Epstein 
child trafficking ring and why the parents of Sam Bankman-Fried are connected to the current uh, people at the SEC. Uh, you know, it's there's just a lot of connections oh, um, and a lot of research to be made. Um, go ahead, Brian. I mean, does anybody believe that Jack Dorsey was actually running Twitter at this point? I mean, come on. Yeah, uh, exactly. I mean, he didn't have any power. They're running something, but they're not really running anything. They're they're front men. You have Zuckerberg at Facebook, Sam Bankman Friday at FTX, Jack Dorsey at Twitter. And it's obvious to what Elon Musk is is, is exposing. Dorsey was never really running anything at Twitter. I'm amazed people haven't figured this out yet. Dwayne, we have two minutes left. Any final thoughts for the show? Uh, Sam Beckman's Freed's parents. Uh, people are saying now that uh, FTX has collapsed, this is going to be used as an impetus for them to centralize a digital currency. Absolutely true. That's trying to turn a negative into a positive. My belief is Freed's parents were the gatekeepers, as the father extensively, to ensure that this, this lucrative, and very necessary since, remember, what the Deutsche Bank and various other things that happened under Trump's uh, uh, watch is he started shutting down the, the TCOs, the transnational criminal organizations, methods of funding itself. He started shutting down and cutting down their ability to launder money. So that's how they ended up becoming more and more interested. Uh, look, amazingly, remember when FTX apparently appeared on the scene. This was their way of, of, of addressing what Trump was doing to their money laundering operations. Um, now, and, and now that that's been accomplished, uh, and, well, pardon me, now that it's all fallen apart, uh, people are now saying they're going to try to turn that negative into a positive to start uh, centralizing um, uh, digital currencies. I've always said before, and you had that doctor on a minute ago, which I, I wish I could remember his name. Uh, I've seen his commercials. Uh, talking about uh, uh, value, really concerned uh, with food, with real estate, with with resources. You have something you can bank on. Uh, digital currency always seems to me that if you're left holding the bag when that music stops, you're, you're, you've lost all of your investment. Did you invest real into what I call fantasy? It, 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 it can come back to haunt you. Thank you for watching AmericanMediaPeriscope.com. We are America's patriot-only network. You can get my breaking news updates at SeanMorganReport.com. God bless all you patriots. Good night and good luck.